0: Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Good afternoon, and welcome to our sermon discussion i am michelle lichty and i am here with um david henderson i will say every time now that we go live on facebook my facebook opens with sound on and the first time it happened i freaked out and so every time i'm like oh yeah shoot i've got to turn off my sound (laughs) (laughs) so here I am. Here we are. I'm here with David Henderson. We are here to talk about David. Your sermon from this past Sunday, worship humbly from Revelation chapter four, mm-hmm. and um, you started the sermon with what you said. What could be a rhetorical could sound like a rhetorical question, but it is a real question of mm-hmm. what is the right way to think about the our as human beings, our power our potential, our capacity, capability, our capacity as humans. How are we to rightly think about that?
1: Yeah. yeah it's fun. Um, the, the place that that came, Michelle, is, is I thought, okay, they you know, when as we arrive at in the sermon, as you know, um, it comes down actually very literally to a throne and a crown. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the essence of this entire message is those two symbols. And so it was fun to zoom back out and go, wow, revelation, throne and crown, Genesis rule, mm. you know, it's, uh, here's this overarching theme and mm. then saying, all right, so how does that relate to us? Uh, so, yeah, I do think, um, you know, it could sound like it just a theoretical, you know, how should a person, da, 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 and and the thought, the hope, the prayer for the message was very much how should I, how would God have me carry out my life um, in light of these stunning capacities and abilities he's given me as a human being?
0: Hmm. It just, <laughs> my mind is going right now to uh, uh, cultural commentary, perhaps. Um, hmm more of a how do we misuse that right as human beings how do we see that oh, yeah. being misused um first there's which i see in two ways which is one denying that that power and potential the cap- capability and capacity saying oh no we're no better we are no better than all the other living creatures here on this earth right and- yes Everybody, you know, like the elephants and the gorillas and the pigs, they all have rights this yep. that are equal pigs to are ours. people too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Or so, we're
1: pigs too, whichever, right. whichever way you want to go. Yeah.
0: So either denying that, um, or ex- accentuating that,
1: yeah.
0: that that power and that capability and that capacity and saying, Well, we are gods. Mm-hmm. We yep. are gods right. and we have this power, we have this capacity. And so therefore we need to use it. And you kind of refer to that a little bit later on in the sermon where you said, we're talking about, that kind of sounds like a graduation speech of you have unlimited potential and we can, you know, you can do anything you want.
1: Yeah. And that, that comes when you have no outside reference point by which, I mean, the essence of humility, I believe is seeing ourselves in right relation and right proportion to God. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, everything else spills out from that. So I never define that in the message called worship humbly, but that's really what the whole thing is about. We have this outside reference point, which is God on the throne, and that determines everything about the way that we think of ourselves. I mean, one of the um, kind of related things that I, Rob, and I were just talking about uh, yesterday is that our culture wants to say that identity is something that inheres in me as an individual mm-hmm. and the bible never lets us say that i am always something of something mm-hmm. i am a child of god or am i i am a product of my environment or I'm, i am whatever but there is a binary dimension to identity that we is we can never get past although our that's such a foreign idea in our culture. So mm. if God is not in the picture, I can never understand my identity faithfully, just mm. as I can never understand my vocation faithfully, which is really what this sermon was about in a broad sense. What is my calling? Well, it's, I am, I am to carry out my calling um, with this outside point of reference, which is God on his throne. But yeah, it's interesting, mm. Elster mm. McGrath wrote a book Actually, it's an exceptional book about the environment and a Christian view of nature. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and he he just talks about the misuse of this idea of rule, specifically as it relates to the environment. And uh, he said a lot of people actually want to blame Christians for the misuse of the environment and kind of viewing it as this thing that we're just kind of... Um, You know ripping out the the world's Mm. resources and that that somehow is a biblically faithful way of thinking and he said
0: no that's Mm. actually
1: that's very much of an enlightenment way of thinking about the resources we have rather than a faithful biblical way of thinking us as stewards of creation Um, but yeah i think that's an interesting cultural commentary and reflection
0: yeah right because i mean well we could go down that path (laughs) Right. So we don't need to, that's not, right. that was not a part of the sermon. We could
1: go further down that path. <laughs> we
0: could go further down that path, but we won't. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I really haven't studied Revelation. Um. So this was kind of, it. I mean, I've read parts of it, but this was kind of a new idea that Revelation is more about, we want to think of Revelation as about time. But really, it's more about place. Mm-hmm. And that was the new idea for me, something that I'm going to have to think about.
1: Yeah, I think um, I've spent a lot of time studying Revelation. And I think um, it is so easy to get tripped up when we think the first, the first dividing line has to do with when. Um, and I think once we get clear about the where, which realm are we in? Are we in the down here, chaotic, circular feels like nothing's going anywhere. It feels like nobody's in charge realm. Are we in the up there uh, place where God rules and all things are responsive to his rule and time is linear and moves towards the fulfillment of purpose? And then once we establish which of those domains we're in, mm-hmm. then the time thing becomes a really valuable way of understanding the unfolding. And, and it's it's like they're the, the four sets of sevens through from Revelation four to Revelation 21, provide the frame of reference related to time. And essentially it's three that are get ready. It's about to happen, here it comes. And then the fourth set of sevens is Jesus unfolding the scroll, which is, is basically saying he, he rightly rules all of creation and he mm-hmm. rightly will bring human history to its redemptive close. And so it's this wonderful celebration of God's purposes and power and control and sovereignty and his loving purposes prevailing in a world that seems upside down and feels like he is, he is no part of. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. have any, anything to do with Gorbachev and all of that kind of stuff. It's like, well, who's, who's who in this? Um, Yeah. yeah, I think that that broad view and following the book of Revelation's own clues Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: makes it, I I think just incredibly encouraging, uh, as a book for us to read.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the, I liked what you said about the reality, like this is the reality now it's not future. It's not past. It's now it's current reality that God is on the throne. Um, and you went through Exodus, Psalms, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and then which brought us to Revelation, mm. um, just to get a glimpse of that throne room throughout throughout the Bible chronologically, yeah. or you know, and just to see that this wasn't new in Revelation; it's yeah. from the beginning.
1: Yeah, and and they're all glimpses. I think that's one of the things that's fascinating: is that we get to the Book of Revelation, and it's not like. Okay now it is just very accurately described and we know exactly what it all looks like and all, it's still even there it's it's filled with figurative language of these writers going oh how do i convey this yeah. how do how in the world do i capture for us earthbound people what this realm is actually like i can't even begin but here's my best stab at it it's kind of like this and kind of like this but yeah it's more not like that than it is like that
0: and right
1: yeah i I love i
0: love that yeah and it's it um it's always it's always interesting to me to think about the symbols and the metaphors and um but but that's i mean and as as interesting as that is and as fascinating as that is like the the most important thing, the most important place is the throne room. And the most important person is God on that throne. And what is our response?
1: Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. So let me just do a really quick aside before we go there, Yeah, uh, because I I absolutely agree with you. Like we could get a little bit distracted by the figurative language, but one of the things I I had such a fun conversation with a couple that was in worship on Sunday, Um, new to covenant Mm -hmm. and one of the and they both come from a scientific background and one of the absolutely astute comments that the this one man made was um was saying it struck me for the first time that there's more than one kind of truth Hmm. that uh, i'm 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 part of the scientific realm and I'm accustomed to thinking of truth as the thing that you can measure, put in a test tube, hold up to the light, you know, that kind of thing. And he said, I was so struck by your comment that the book of Revelation is a wide angle view of human history in which truth is communicated through symbols. And he said, I never, I never thought about that idea of he said, I guess you could call it meta-truth. And it's like, wow, what an incredible oh, insight. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because we have this idea that we've grown up with in our generation that there's real truth, you know, capital T truth. And it's whatever you can measure and prove and and reason through. And then there's this squishy, subjective, like...
0: My truth. Your truth.
1: That is... That the that religion gets put into and mm-hmm. biblical truth gets put into it's like it's all oh well, yeah but how do you prove that stuff right. and and it's so helpful to realize that truth of the capital T you know uh, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle and all that is not quite so solid a thing as everybody thinks it is and this squishy subjective like preference stuff or opinion stuff no that's there there can be absolutely Um, solid truth claims related to realms that are outside of the capacity to be measured. I just, I thought it was an incredibly astute observation from somebody who is, was there exploring the Christian faith, not persuaded of all of it, but having an openness to consider Christianity on its own terms. And I, I just thought, wow, you just put your finger on something incredibly insightful.
0: Yeah, that symbols can communicate meta truth yeah i yeah this that's fascinating. Truth. yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. wow hmm. so, All right, so then
1: you were going to the, back to the, yeah that the, the <laughs> essence of reality is a place and a person right and that that place is the throne room the person is god on the throne
0: right yeah right which is the meta truth yeah. And it's expressed in the symbols in Revelation chapter 4. That's exactly. And right. and then what is our response to that? Yeah. And is our only response I guess it just this is just occurring to me. Because what we see in Revelation is the throne room described by symbols. Creation described through through metaphor and symbols. And the worship, right? Um of the el- the 24 elders thrown casting down their crowns before the throne. And that's their response. Is this face down, fall down before the throne, worship, of submission? And and, and, and that is reality.. And the question is, is that reality present in my heart? Mm-hmm. Right? Like I am not, right now here on this earth, I am unable to spend 24 seven face down on the ground before the throne of God mm-hmm. physically, because I have to eat. I have to sleep. I have kids to feed. I have work to do, but that can be my attitude in my heart 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really, really good insight because we can, we can look at that and go, oh, I, I mean, I, I can never do anything even close to that in this world. I, I need to function, I need to live. I love, like Paul says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, mm-hmm. do it all to the glory of God. And then suddenly, I think by, by saying that, he's, he's saying that reality, that ultimate reality at the heart of existence can or cannot inform any particular moment. I mean, what's really interesting? Um, yeah, if we just think about this in terms of time, like that's mm-hmm. what heaven is going to be like. Then, right. w- then we arrive at Mark Twain's legitimate cr- critique of heaven. Like, okay, now sitting a- around for thousands and thousands of years, strumming a harp. Really? That I mean, I'm supposed. What is to compelling look forward- about that? <laughs> right, I was supposed to look forward to that, um, but. In the in the new creation, we're going to have new bodies. We're going to have uh, new capacities. There's going to be a new physical existence. So we will build things and create things and discover things and travel to places and, and be able to fly, I hope, and who knows what else. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's all the Lord will show that to us when we get there. So even then in the new creation, there will be a, a way in which we can do other things and do that at the same time. Hmm. We will be able to, I'll be able to build a house out of beautiful rocks that I've been collecting for thousands of years. And (laughs) at the same time I do that, my my heart can be fully bowed before the Lord in absolute um, unceasing worship and Mm -hmm. honor of him. Mm -hmm. So then that same reality on this side of death um, more and more becomes God's invitation to us. Michelle, I think that's exactly right. You know, that we, the, uh, towards the end of the message, I said something like, you know, that we cannot exercise our rule faithfully unless we exercise it on our knees. I mean, that's really the essence of right. the message. So my work, my going to school, there are a bunch of, uh, students at Westside who are heading back to school today Is their first day back at school and others who start back next week and later this week. And, um, yeah just think, you know, I'm whatever is that arena as a retired person, wherever God has me, mm-hmm. God would have me carry that out with a an unceasing mindfulness of the truest thing of all that informs that
0: and in me, right. And that reminds me of conversations I've had uh, in this series with a, with different people. Um, one is from the outside worship and perform. There's no difference between worship and performance. It's all in the heart.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And so I have to be willing to examine myself. Mm. Am I worshiping or am I performing? Mm. And, and then, and then repent of the performance and turn to worship. Um, and then it also reminds me of
1: um performing slash conforming of yes. just going through the motions. My outside is going along, but my inside is elsewhere or elsewhere. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead.
0: Yes. And then it also reminds me of Rob Schrumpf's sermon he brought up, Brother Lawrence, and and how Brother Lawrence made the kitchen a place of worship. Yep. And um and and people would come and seek him out because he was worshiping in the kitchen, scrubbing the pots and pans, making the meals, doing the the, the mundane things in life. And I I'm so so thankful for his example. Um yes. that we can because we're it just we have this message um in our culture, even in Christian culture, I think in in the Western Christian culture, that we have to do big things for God. Oh man, yeah, and That's
1: so true. Yep make make your mark. Yes, as though that, yeah, right. I so agree, Michelle.
0: And it's so hard to tear myself from that goal or from that dream or that desire of like, oh, I'm going to do big things for God. When the reality is, God's like. I want you to live for me right where you are today. Yeah.
1: yeah, one one thousandth of one percent of what we do in our life might be something that could fall in the category in a column of big things for God. If that. Yeah. And the rest is anonymous, unseen comes goes, but done for God, it is eternal uh in its Significance and value. Yeah. One of the things I particularly appreciate about Brother Lawrence, the practice of the presence of God, is he's really honest about the fact that if if he got to choose what his chores would be at the monastery, working in the kitchen would have been his last choice. That it wasn't just, man, I I love cooking so much. This just brings me close to God. It's like, I'm doing this thing I pretty much hate, but that doesn't have to keep me from God. I can do anything. With an awareness of God on the throne and me before him, I can do anything. Um, mm. I don't have to let my emotions or my preferences in my circumstances be the thing that pull me away from that mindfulness.
0: So how do we do how do we do that practically speaking?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, so a couple thoughts, and I know you would have thoughts as well.. Um, one is, and I and I mentioned this on Sunday. I specifically said worshiping in person. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing I that I you may remember I said, and it just struck me all over again as I was preparing on Sunday. Sunday morning worship is a reenactment of Revelation chapter four. I think if we had that in our head, hmm. that would no longer be the seventh thing down. I ran into somebody um, recently and hadn't seen him at Covenant for a while, and he said, you know, it's just you know, it's tough fitting that and golf together on, on the same morning. And hmm. Hey, you know that, um, well, there's an expression of priorities, you know, that I think if we saw revelation is Sunday morning worship as a reenactment of the truest of all realities that God is on the throne and we are before him as his subjects, everything else we get cleared out to make room for that. Hmm. And And I think the practice of that on Sunday morning faithfully becomes a practice of that on other mornings faithfully. And then as it becomes a every day, then it becomes an every night looking back over the day and receiving the gift of it. And and then it starts to seep its way into the in-betweens of the day and lying in bed at night. You know, I think... um, I, I, you know, the title is so good. Practicing the presence of God. I mm. I have to keep trying at an awareness of it. And over time, it comes. Only over time, it kind of uh, incrementally
0: mm-hmm. uh, gets there. Um, yeah.
1: And, and then I, I think reminders I had over my desk for years, I just had a post that said, look up. And I put that mm. uh, there on purpose in the middle of everything else. And when I saw it to go, all right, <laughs> look up. Mm -hmm. God on the throne, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. oh yes, that Mm -hmm. informs what I'm doing right now. I had one, uh, on the back of my door. So every time I would leave my office and just be reminded of that, that truth, um, you know, our daily quiet times there, I think there are all all kinds of things, passages of scripture, we memorize that the spirit can bring to mind, uh, practicing gratitude all through the day when I'm grateful, you know, it says that the, the living creatures gave God glory, honor and thanks. So I mm. think gratitude is one of the things that just sweeps us right into the throne room. Where did all this come from? Where did this opportunity come from? Where did this privilege come from? Where did this moment come from? Mm-hmm. Uh, where did this food mm-hmm. come from? Mm-hmm. so those are just some quick thoughts They are all all things that I have the potential to conspire together to remind us of that ultimate reality. yeah and, and I think Christian community is another crucial part of that. If it is mature, grounded Christian community where we're having this kind of conversation and we're able to talk about, Hey, how's your soul? How are you doing keeping mindful of God when you head off to school or head off to work or whatever? I think that can be such a helpful encouragement for us. It's part of why we're encouraged not to neglect getting together uh, because of the the rich value of that, of keeping us anchored. What do
0: you think? What are your thoughts? Well, I agree. And I, and I also, I also want to just reiterate what you said practice it's practicing the presence of God because we are never going to be perfect the side of heaven yeah. um and you know we had this conversation yesterday about mm-hmm. we are limited by our humanness and this yep. is something that I am I, I realized I have spent decades fighting against
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um and I And I think there, there's a freedom that comes with accepting our human limits and resting in God's grace and power. Now, what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? It's more of a, okay, God, I am really, really tired right now. So I either need your energy or I need a nap. Show me which is, which you want for me right now. You know, just that practical even, um, One other thing I will mention is someone showed me an app for my phone, which I have found incredibly helpful. It's called pause and Mm. it's a white background with two black lines, just like a pause button. And it's um, you can set reminders so that it comes up on your phone. Um, Mm. I've, I've pretty much eliminated notifications on my phone, but that is one that I allow. And then I can choose the length of pause and somebody walks, it's um, a Christian author. He walks you through one minute, three minute, five minute, 10 minute. You can choose how long you want to do it. Um, And it's just pausing before the Lord and reminding us of, uh, you know, like, okay, God, I give everything and everyone to you, Lord. Hmm. I give everyone and everything to you. Like that's part of the one minute pause. And it's just Sitting and listening wow. and and remembering that throughout your day. So mine are at 12 30 and at um and at 3 30. And so I've missed mine. But <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to do it right at that moment. It's just, right. you know, when when you pick up your phone and you see it, you're like, oh, I do have one minute right now that mm-hmm. I could just pause and remember.
1: What a great resource. Sharon has a uh a end of the day prayer thing that is different every day
0: mm-hmm. these two
1: readers a man and a woman just very slow paced very beautiful reading scripture and reflection looking back over the day kind of an exam and at the end of the day there are all kinds of great resources you know yeah. i was thinking um, you know in the book of revelation the symbols are so powerful Um, one of the things I was reflecting on in Revelation four and five is that all three members of the Trinity are there. The father Mm -hmm. is on the throne. And then it says that the lamb in Revelation five comes and is in the middle of the throne. So clearly not one of the standing attendants, but one of the seated rulers. But then the other thing is, it says the seven spirits of God are before the throne. And I think that's meant to convey, wait a minute, I just saw him over there, but he's over here at the same time. And he's working over here too. It's like Hmm. there's some of them, you know, the spirit of God, the divine spirit is at work everywhere out here, which is so powerful to me. When you think about the burden of feeling like we need to get this right, Mm -hmm. Who, who is more eager than us, that we would understand that God is on the throne. God on the throne is yeah. And so he sends his spirit out to remind us of that truth from the inside of us. Hey, don't forget you are right. his subject. He is your King. He has this, he has you, you know, that uh, the, um, the ministry of the spirit of God bringing truth to life. Yeah. Uh, one of the main things Jesus says he will do is remind us of the truth. Yeah, uh, And I think there's a peace and a freedom that comes in, in remembering that, too. I have limitations and I have the spirit who is without limitation Yes. Um, in applying truth to my life.
0: And before the throne. Yes. The Holy exactly. Spirit is before the throne. I, I mean, all I things. haven't. I, he, I, I'm guessing he's between. The the seven lamps are between the throne and the elders. That's and so exactly Representing. Right. That's right. All of creation. And, and praying on our behalf.
1: That's exactly right.
0: As it says in, is that in Romans where the spirit groans with Mm -hmm. utterances? I can't remember exactly where in Romans, but yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. He's, he's not only with us, but he's representing us before the throne.
1: Right. Exactly. And representing the throne
0: before us. Yes. Yeah. Oh my word. How beautiful. Yeah. We could, we could go on and on, but we will stop there. there. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts before we close?
1: I, I, I mean, the one is just that I prayed this morning for us as a church family, that Mm. God would give us eyes to see this, this deepest of all dimensions of reality. And I think that could really be a rich thing for us to pray for one another this week um, as a church family.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, what doesn't change when we see that clearly? Uh, it informs everything.
0: Everything. I was going yeah. to say, what doesn't change? Nothing. Nothing doesn't right. change. Exactly How's that right. for a double negative? Right. <laughs> everything changes. Is
1: that not significant? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going for a everything triple Everything changes when right. we. Yes, yeah, right. Yes.
0: When we realize that. Yeah. yeah that's right. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. David, great to be with you as always. Great to be with you all. And thank you to our audience for joining us, whether you've joined us live on Facebook or later on our blog or on our podcast. We are so thrilled that you were with us today. So, um, practice the presence of God.